0: Hello and welcome to the My Breast, My Health podcast. My name is Tasha Gendemihaja and I'm your host and I'm also a breast cancer surgeon. In these episodes, I interview experts in the field of medicine, nutrition, as well as the health and wellness space. The aim of the podcast is to help you through and beyond a breast cancer diagnosis so that you can reclaim your health and live your best life. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, today's topic of conversation is all about open access follow-up or OFU. My guest is Kiva Noble, who is actually a colleague of mine and we work together. Kiva, with another colleague, both run the open access follow-up service in our hospital. This service was set up in 2017 from scratch by another colleague, Heidi, and it has gone from strength to strength. It has proven so successful that it has been adopted regionally. And I know you listen to the podcast, so shout out to you, Heidi. Now, if you are currently being followed up in an open access follow-up service, then you know what OFU is all about. On the other hand, if you are being traditionally followed up usually once a year, then you may not have heard of OFU or may not be familiar with it. So as I said, traditionally, patients who have finished breast cancer treatment would have routine follow-ups. So it's either once a year, so you'll come to have a clinical examination, as well as a mammogram. In some places, you may be followed up every six months. There is definitely a variation in not only the frequency of visits, But also the duration of these follow ups. So some would be followed up for three years and then be discharged back to the community. Others may be followed up for five years. Not only is there variation in practices, but evidence has shown that routine clinical examination is an inefficient way of detecting recurrent disease. And you might think logically that, you know, the more times you come to clinic, that this would lead to recurrences being detected earlier, which may then translate into improved survival. But actually, there is very little evidence that this is the case. There's also evidence to suggest that there is no difference in survival outcomes between patients who are followed up in the hospital setting versus patients who are followed up in the community, either by the GP or by a specialist nurse. We do know that many patients find hospital visits really stressful with significant psychological stress reported a month before the clinic visit and on the day of clinic visits. And really, in my opinion, another crucial shortcoming in the traditional setup or follow-up is that we are unable to provide best psychological support to patients. I know that this is an area that we need to improve on. So Ofu is an alternative method of providing follow-up for those who have finished primary breast cancer treatment. And during this conversation, Kiva explains how it works, who is eligible to join. Um, she has a you know a really long conversation with patients on a one-to-one um, basis, and she talks about what is being discussed during these visits. And the most important thing I would say is, what do patients feel about this type of follow-up method? It was a fascinating conversation, and I'm sure it's one that you will really enjoy listening to. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kiva Noble. Hi, Kiva. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. How are you today?
1: Hi, Tash. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure.
0: And um, thank you for giving up your time on this very sunny, mm-hmm. probably up until now, the hottest day of the year. So I'm ever so grateful for that. <laughs> um, I wanted you to come onto the podcast because I wanted you to share your experience of running the Open Access Follow-Up Service. And this is a service that has been created as a follow-up service or you know, for patients who've finished their breast cancer treatment. And I guess it's to allow them more flexibility and autonomy and also empower them in a way. And we'll definitely talk about this um, um, in a bit more detail. But before
1: we do that, could you just tell us a little bit about
0: um, what you do and your background, please?
1: Yes, of course. So uh, I've worked in the breast unit now for about six years. And at the moment, I run the open access follow up service along with uh, another clinical nurse specialist, my colleague. And uh, prior to doing this role, I've done this for about two years. Prior to that, I was uh, a breast care nurse. And um, before that, I worked on an oncology ward at another trust.
0: Okay. So now you're running the open access follow-up service in the hospital. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what it is and what uh, prompted its creation? Why was it created in the first place?
1: Of course, yes. Yeah. So uh, I run what we call the open access follow up service. And it is a service for breast cancer patients who have finished their treatment. So uh, patients are referred over to our service once they finish their treatment, and we will look after them for uh, five years. So it's a surveillance programme. Um, open Access Follow-Up was started because basically there was an, an overhaul of uh, follow-up in, in uh, patients who have had uh, cancer treatment. Right. And what they decided was that uh, a one-size-fits-all follow-up programme wasn't meeting the needs of each and every patient. So they decided to create this person-centred, individualised follow-up programme so that we could meet not just their physical needs, but also their emotional needs, uh, uh, you know, financial needs, um, you know, needs of the family, spiritual, religious, their holistic needs, basically. Uh, and it was, it was something that meant that we could improve care for patients because more patients are um, living with and beyond cancer, because of the, uh, the better treatments that we have available for patients now, people are living for much longer. And so they, it was decided that we needed to support these patients better. Right. And so when uh, the traditional style of follow-up, which was annual follow-up with their clinicians for five years, uh, wasn't meeting their needs. So that's why this was, was developed. Okay. And, yeah, to me that
0: makes total sense, really, because I think, as you said, traditionally, and I suspect this way of follow-up is still happening um, across the country um, and in many many places in in the world, is that when somebody who has um, had breast cancer and they finish their treatment, traditionally they would be followed up once a year normally, um, maybe in some places it's six-monthly, but I think the majority are uh, followed up once a year, so they will get a clinical examination in the clinic as well as you know, mammographic surveillance. and But unfortunately, you know, things don't happen in the yearly cycle, do they? And so it's slightly rigid um, in a way and it doesn't allow patients to be able to contact somebody in that, you know, in between those appointment times if they have a problem. So, you know, on paper, I think the open access follow-up service is more attractive.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a lovely service and Patients are able to contact us whenever they need to contact us. So they don't have to wait for that annual or six monthly appointment, which a lot of people will do uh, before they want to bring up any sort of new changes or symptoms or worries that they may have. They can contact us at any point. And so it's a really flexible um, program where people can contact us whenever they want to and about anything they need to with regard to their treatment or diagnosis. And so we are um, able to be contacted via telephone or email. And if they'd like to be seen in clinic for any reason, then we can see them and we can sort of navigate where they need to go. So if they need to go back and see their oncologist or their surgeon, um, or if they need a referral onto any other service, then we can do that for them. Um, And I think that's what's so nice about the service that we offer and, and patients feel a lot more reassured and supported that they can do that. And they have somebody at the end of the phone whenever they need them. And that's what a lot of patients feedback to me is that they it's just nice to know that they've got that number. They've got that person and they can ring whenever they need right. to.
0: Right. And um, yeah, I think, I think initially as a concept, um, it can be a little bit scary because patients would have that reassurance that actually, you know, you're going to be followed up every year uh, rather than being entered into this system and let go, I guess, perhaps earlier than the normal five years follow-up. But actually, in reality, it probably is better. Although, you know, some people I'm sure did find it a little bit difficult, especially if they enter the service halfway through their five-year follow-up. But how, so if we go back to, the actual pathway itself. When do they enter the service? Is it after they finish their treatment? Um, How does it work?
1: So once they finish their treatment, their oncologist or surgeon will refer them over to the Open Access follow-up service. And what that means is we um, will arrange to see them usually within three months of their finishing their last treatment. Um, We will then see them in clinic for a one-to-one, one-hour consultation and that's how the patients are referred over to us. There are all patients are referred to us unless uh, they are on a specific trial, uh, if they have metastatic disease, or if they are deemed to not have capacity. So if they're not able to. Um, you know, make decisions for themselves, or if they're not able to uh, self detect changes or recognise new symptoms and be able to report them to us. So, overall, we we uh, have most patients come to us. So we we don't risk stratify. We we have pretty much all the patients.
0: Okay, so by default, the default setting is everybody will be referred to the service, apart from those patients who you've described. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So, um, so as you said, they will then be referred straight to your service. You see them, um, uh, you know, at least about three months after they finish their treatment. So that would be either finishing chemotherapy if they've had it, finishing radiotherapy if they need it, yes. Um, and if they don't need either one, then you know, finish their 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 surgery. So once they do not need to see either a surgeon or oncologist, then they will become eligible to enter the the service. Um, that's right right so then they come to see you and they have as you said an hour um, an hour consultation an hour discussion and consultation which is a very you know very thorough very um, comprehensive discussion and what actually happens in that that we call it an an exit interview is that right and what happens during that that consultation yes
1: yes so um, prior to the appointment we send out to them what we call their end of treatment summary And on that document will be their diagnosis uh, and the treatment that they had and the dates of of when that occurred so that we have a chance to go through that together. So it's um, an in-depth discussion about the diagnosis that they had. So the, the type of breast cancer, the grade, the size, and then obviously the receptors. And this is quite an important conversation to have because... A lot of patients can't remember any of this discussion with their um, oncologists or surgeons because obviously they're in huge shock at the time of diagnosis and going through treatment and they don't really understand what these elements of their diagnosis mean. So they often find it really helpful to go through that. And then we talk about the treatment that they've had. And we also talk about why we've given those treatments and uh, again... Some patients don't know or really fully understand what those treatments do. Um, And so it gives us a chance to go through that in more detail too. And then also, uh, very importantly, any side effects short and long term and how to manage those. Um, And then we talk about, uh, you know, signs and symptoms of what we call uh, local or distant recurrence. So signs of the cancer recurring, uh, either in the breast or locally in the armpit, um, but also elsewhere, further on outside of those areas in the body, which are really, really important things to go through with the patients. And then we talk about their what will happen over the five years, so that they'll get their annual mammograms, and we talk about you know the dates for those and what will happen at those appointments. And then, of course, when they come to the end of their five years, we talk about the the process of just charging them back to the GP and how that will happen um, and then of course we go on to a really in-depth discussion about how they are so I'm really led by the patient at this point so we use what we call a holistic needs assessment to basically look at the patient as a whole so we we talk about how they are how they are feeling physically emotionally Um, We talk about practical concerns, you know, financial concerns, worries about their families, things like that. And we really do cover everything. And they have the holistic needs assessment sent out to them as well prior to that appointment. So it gives them time to go through that so that they've had time to think about the things that they feel they want to or need to discuss with us um, at that appointment. So that, you know, it's not sprung on them. They really have some time to consider what they want to get from their appointment um, and then we talk about, you know, support available for the patients. Uh, and, and again, if if they would like to have, um, you know, referrals onto uh, other departments that, that may or may not be needed, I can do that for them as well. Um, so it is a really thorough appointment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, we give an hour. Sometimes we'll go up well over the hour. Sometimes we'll be under. It's really guided by the patient. I, let, I, I hope that they... Get what they need to from their appointment with us. And I think that's a, such a fantastic service because,
0: you know, I've been obviously involved in patient follow up with outside of the open access follow up service. And, you know, after the five years, say, you know, they only have to see the search me, for example, they would have their last clinical examination and they would have their mammogram. And that's it. You know, unless the system is in place, we don't really have that holistic needs assessment um, conversation necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure this is actually, ha- you know, still happening in, in other places, as I said. The, the, the benefit, I think, for for this, lo- you know, hour or sometimes longer conversation is that I guess you go through, you recap essentially their whole diagnosis and treatment. So you go back Mm. right to the beginning, you know, the post-op histology, what the treatments they had, the the benefits and the aim of those treatments, which is, I think, as you Uh. said, patients can forget because it might have been Mm. quite a while ago. Um, And the holistic needs assessment, I think, is so invaluable. And I, I suspect then you also... Um, signpost you know so if if somebody has identified certain needs uh, within that assessment how do you signpost patients do the the necessary or the appropriate appropriate services how does that work
1: yeah so if if um if there are certain needs that can be met by me you know referring on to to other departments then i can do or signposting on to other sources of support so you know for instance, if um, if, if the patient feels and we feel that they would benefit, for example, from a physiotherapy referral, we can do that. Or um, a counselling referral again. Um, or if we pick up on, for instance, uh, signs or symptoms of uh, lymphedema, we can refer to our lymphedema clinic. Uh, and then again, of course, we can also signpost on to um, other sources of support. So things like breast cancer care, um, you know, other local support Uh, available that we have other charities and uh, websites that they can look at and other forums that they can go to and of course we have lots and lots of information in booklets and things written information that we can send out to the patients so we we really do have uh, lots of different um, things that we can help um, you know with information giving advice and support for patients so and using the holistic needs assessment helps us to to find out um, you know, what each patient needs, so their individual needs. And another thing to say about the holistic needs assessment is sometimes if we go through, for example, uh, any physical or emotional um, concerns, we, we find that actually they can be linked to some of their treatments, so side effects of treatments, and patients won't know that, for instance, if they're on an endocrine treatment, so the, the anti hormone treatment they won't realise that actually that symptom is most likely as a result of that treatment. Mm. And then I can give them advice on how to manage those side effects and improve their quality of life. And they can be really surprised they won't put the two together. And, and, And so it can be really, really helpful.
0: I guess this is an opportunity for patients to discuss their symptoms and their concerns and perhaps their worries in a space that was given to them rather than trying to, you know, talk about it with, say, the surgeon or the oncologist during the clinic time, because uh, unfortunately the time isn't there to be able to talk about these things. And maybe that, you know, patients don't particularly feel that they can talk about these things at, at, during these uh, clinic appointments. So um, by having this consultation and discussion with you, it enables patients to kind of talk about, you know, these certain aspects of their treatment in more in more detail.
1: Yes, that's right. Um, Especially things that they wouldn't necessarily feel, you know, comfortable or confident talking to the the doctors about, Um, you know, especially if they have that annual review where they sort of, you know, it's quite a fairly short appointment. um, And sometimes they won't always meet the same doctor. And and they don't feel that they can touch on those personal issues or those, you know, side effects or how they're really feeling. It, It Whereas when they're with us at their appointment, they really do feel more able to uh, open up about the things that they're most concerned about. You know, not everybody will, of course, but it it certainly provides that um, supportive environment for patients uh, in comparison to, you know, an appointment, which is, is once a year.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And so then you, you have that discussion um, and you provide them, you know, with all of this information and a plan, essentially um, planned f- uh, for moving forward, uh, a plan uh, about what to look out for. And mm-hmm. so they should hopefully by the end of that be quite equipped and, and confident to leave the hospital environment in a way and go back to the community and you give them a contact number. And, um, mm-hmm. so then, what happens if, say somebody needs needs help or a particular concern or worry, then what what normally happens?
1: Yeah, so that's our aim. By the end of that consultation, they feel supported and sort of more empowered to take back control of of their health, if you like. Um, and and what that what we then do is reassure them, okay, now if you have any concerns, any questions, any new symptoms that you want to discuss or if you feel like you're struggling with anything or anything at all to do with your your, your diagnosis or treatment, um, contact us. So we give them a telephone number to get hold of us in open access follow up. We have our own dedicated um, telephone line right. and uh, also an email address for us. So we, we, we give them both because some people would much prefer to just drop an email to us. Um, it's more convenient for them rather than ringing up. Um, So, yes, and we get back to them usually within, you know, the the first 24 hours and then, um, you know, be able to offer them advice or support with whatever their concern is.
0: Right. So then they will contact you with a particular concern and then you will then um, pick that that up. And then do you, you know, speak to them over the phone? Do you get them to come to you face-to-face? What normally happens?
1: So what we do is we we chat through what it is that they're calling about, what their main concerns are. If it's something that they feel and and I feel we're happy to discuss over the telephone, then we'll do that or over the email. But also we offer face-to-face clinic appointments whenever they need them. So we we have uh, slots available Monday to Friday every day. So, for instance, if a patient has a breast change that they're worried about, that they'd like us to examine them, um, then we will arrange to see them. So uh, myself and my colleague can examine the patients uh, and then decide whether or not those patients need to be seen um, for further assessment. Uh, If it's something that I think the oncologist or surgeon needs to see them about, then I will refer them to their clinics, make sure they get an appointment sent out to them. Um, And if it's something that I can refer on to another um, department or support service, then I can do those referrals there and then. So, it is it is really a flexible service and it's one where patients feel they really can ring up about pretty much anything uh, and they know that they'll have one of us at the end of the phone to sort of you know guide and support them so um we have had really good feedback from patients that they feel that they're able to do that
0: as well. yeah and you know that to me that that's the beauty of the service isn't it it Because things, as I said, um, at the beginning, things don't happen annually. They happen whenever they happen. But to know Mm -hmm. that there is a contact detail, um, that they can contact that, you know, phone or email and know that there's somebody will pick that up, triage your Mm -hmm. concerns and symptoms and then direct Mm -hmm. you to the, the appropriate, um, you know, service, I guess, surgeon, oncology or, or neither the service you and your colleague may be able to allay their concerns and fears, um, yourselves, is a fantastic way of giving them power, as you said, and the support, mm. because, and, you know, this is something that uh, I'm going to ask you, is, are you
1: finding a common mm. thread
0: in terms of their concerns and worries? Uh,
1: yeah, there are some uh, common concerns that patients call up about, um, mainly, for instance, breast changes. Um that, that 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 that's happened, you know, I can have a lady ring up the day before and and say she thinks she's found an alarm because she can see a change in how her breast looks um, and I'll arrange to see her, you know, for instance the next day. That's a common thing. um the other thing is side effects from the endocrine treatment that is a really common problem. Patients can really struggle with managing the side effects of the treatment, and so, it's our role to help support them with those and uh, those side effects and help them manage them and give them advice on the things that they can do to try and reduce the severity of the side effects yeah. um, and and sort of plan a way forward for them to try and help them continue with that treatment as well so that's another common um, concern for patients and again signs and symptoms of of uh of of pain and any other symptoms around the body that they are worried may be connected to their breast cancer diagnosis. So we can, you know, go through the symptoms that they have and um, we can decide if that, you know, I can give them reassurance or I can give them advice on how to manage those symptoms or if I think they need to see the GP or if I think they should come in and see their oncologist, you know. So that's, again, a common thing. And then, of course, the emotional support as well. You, You know, patients can call us up and just... They're really struggling at that point and just really need a bit of support. Mm-hmm. They can either come in and see us face to face or we'll chat over the phone. And, you know, because patients are going to find, you know, good, good and bad days. And, and so we are there for them. We can chat through what they're struggling with.
0: Right. So you're essentially there throughout their post-treatment years, I guess, for the for the five years, because that's, that's normally the length, isn't it, of... Yes. of Um, how long they are within the service. And after the five years, you'll actually discharge them uh, back to the community. But when they are in your service, they're not really being discharged. In fact, they're being followed up, in my opinion, in a better way Mm. rather than your normal annual follow-up in the traditional
1: way. Wouldn't you say that? yes uh, and and that's what i say to every patient when we first meet is is that i reassure them that they have not been discharged they're very much under our care um it's just that we will sort of um support them throughout their five years and and we would we would they're definitely under our care for that five years. And that reassurance is is very helpful to patients because their oncologist will come and say, oh, I'm going to discharge you now to mm. so the open access follow-up service. And it sounds really final and they're really worried, but definitely offer them that, that reassurance that they have not been discharged back to the community. They're very much under the support of the, of the breast unit and us for that full five years.
0: So um, I guess the better way perhaps of describing when patients go to your services, rather than discharge to the open access follow-up service, it perhaps should be, say, transference of care to the open access follow-up service. Because you're not really, Mm. you know, the word discharge does have its own, I guess, connotations and anxieties attached to that. Because people might think, oh, being discharged is, that's it, goodbye. But actually, far from it, you're not actually being discharged whatsoever. You're actually being followed up mm. in a system and in a service that actually caters for all your needs and all your concerns and worries, um, and you provide them a contact detail. So
1: you're actually being followed
0: up, in my opinion, in a better way.
1: Yes, it's a it's a transfer of care to that follow-up. Um, and, well, again, I agree with you, a, a much better way um, of following patients up. Um, and, and hopefully the patients agree. So... Um,
0: so, yeah, I think, you know, when the, the service was set up, there were patients who, you know, were transferred immediately to you because obviously, mm. you know, that was that was how it was set up and why it was created. Were there patients who were transferred to your care halfway from being annually uh, followed up to to then transferred to your care
1: or? Yes, that's right. So we, we we have some patients that will have had, you know, one, two or three years of you know, what we call the traditional follow up where they were Mm. having their six monthly or yearly uh, reviews with the doctors. And then they came over to open access follow up. And the majority of patients were very happy to do so. And of course, uh, there were some patients that were really anxious or or nervous to be transferred into this different follow up pathway. Uh, And some were just very anxious about it. So uh, when we first met, they would you know, address those concerns with us. And mm-hmm. I have to say that by the end of the consultation with all of those patients, all of them said to me that they felt reassured and they were very happy to be part of the service. Okay, that's um, good. And, and they actually felt that they'd got more out of that, you know, mm. one hour consultation with us. Um, so it was all really, really positive feedback, actually. Oh, that's good.
0: And I know that you're... Your predecessor, Heidi, who set it all up, Um, she did a a survey and um, I think she did a survey of all the patients who have gone through the service um, thus far.
1: What what was the general feedback and what was the finding? Yes, so she did um, a patient satisfaction survey and uh, 99% of uh, the patients... Uh, were very happy with the uh, the service, and they felt that their needs were met. Um, it, the survey overall proved that you know the service that, that had been set up was working very well to meet the needs of the patient. So um, it was really, really good feedback. Um, and it, it, we found that the way that we were communicating with patients, you know they their queries or concerns were met in a timely manner and they were very happy with the way that their concerns were dealt with. Right. So and they all felt that they were they were contacted in 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 a, in a timely
0: manner. 99%. Yes, 99%. I think that's astounding. I mean that's just a testament to first of all, you know, how the service is being run, but second of all, yes. um it validates how you know, how well as you said how well the service actually caters to the needs um, of, of patients who have finished their cancer treatment.
1: Absolutely. So I've got the audit here in front of me. Right. Um, so I can give you some more information on that. So 100% said that they found the initial open access follow up consultation useful. Right. Um, out of all the respondents, they were asked if they were satisfied with the outcome of their contact with the open access follow up service. And um, 100% of those that responded answered yes. Wow. Um, so that was excellent feedback. And so the, the evaluation suggested that they were meeting the, um, the service objections and ensuring that patients received adequate information regarding their diagnosis and treatment and side effects. Uh, they were given information on breast awareness after treatment and signs and symptoms of recurrence. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the health and well-being advice as well that we give to all of our patients at their consultation. Um, so, yeah, the audit will be repeated again. But overall, it did show that um, the service was uh, effective. Yeah.
0: No, that's really reassuring, isn't it? Because, obviously, whenever a new um, service is being set up, you, you do worry that, you know, those who are going through the service, you know, their um. needs need to be met. And, obviously, this audit that was done... Really proves how how valuable the service is. Um, I mean, you know, for you having having encountered both both sides of the coin, so to speak. You know, the traditional way of follow up versus now the open access follow up service. Uh, personally, you know, how ha- how how would you compare
1: the two? Um, I think they're so different, um, and I think that the traditional follow up wasn't it wasn't tailored to everybody's needs it was more more that the, the patients were fitting around the services of the hospital so you know we would send out appointment and ask them to come on that specific day on that year um it wasn't when they needed to come and at the time that they c- was convenient for them um and I feel that patients benefit so much more from this service it's so different mm. um but I really do feel that it works really well for our patients, um, and I'm because we're able to offer them so much more mm. than that um, appointment with the clinician. Um, I really do feel that they will benefit so much more from this. It's, it's a very different follow-up, but I really do think it's a much better follow-up. So, would you then recommend
0: this system of follow-up to you know to? perhaps other hospitals who are not yet adopting this?
1: Yes, I would. I I absolutely would. Uh, You you know, around the country, uh, each different trust are adopting their own form of follow-up. Some will stick to the traditional follow-up and others are adopting open access follow-up, but in a slightly different way to how we're doing it. We have a completely separate service for our patients, um, which is run by... Uh, two clinical nurse specialists, which is completely dedicated to them and that service. So we, although we work in the same department as a team, as the breast care nurses and the surgeons and the oncologists, we are dedicated to those patients in follow up. Other trusts will incorporate it in their breast care nursing role. So they share it between the team. Um, And so, yes, it's done really, really differently. But I really like the way that we do it. And I think this is the way that benefits patients the most. And I think when they hear that it is a service which is dedicated only to follow up patients, uh, they feel more reassured and more looked after. Right. Yeah. And that's the key,
0: isn't it? It's patient centred service Mm -hmm. rather than a service that is afforded to patients to fit around the hospital's. Timetable. You know, the clinics are held on certain days, on certain times, and this is the appointment that you have to attend. It may not suit them and things may be fine then, but, you know, things may not be fine six weeks later. But then what do they do then? You know, do they go to their GP? Do they call the breast care nurses? You know, it's a really, this service that you're providing is a far more efficient patient-centered service, which... Mm. I can only imagine must be so useful for, for those who are going through it.
1: Absolutely. And it, it really is patient-centred follow-up. That's what we're, <clears throat> we're providing. And previously, it was a very rigid approach to follow-up. Like you say, it'd be on this day, on this week. And if, if you couldn't attend on that appointment, you'd have to cancel and rebook, and you wouldn't know when you'd get another appointment. And Perhaps the patient would attend and they don't have any concerns at that point at all. And like you say, two, three, four, five, six weeks down the line, then they do have a problem. And then they feel, okay, what do I do now? Who do I call? Mm. Who do I contact? It's like Mm. um, you have a number, but it's kind of faceless because you don't know if anyone's going to answer the phone or if anyone's going to get back to you um so yeah it's 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 completely different and um i just think that patients can bring when they need to ring so they're taking back control of their health and if they want to come to the hospital to see us because they feel they need to then they can come when they want to come yeah and so we we're working around them rather than them working around you know how the the, the hospital works
0: yeah and i think that's a, that's that's a really fantastic way of of looking after patients i think wrapping this up Do you have any advice to patients who perhaps, you know, might have concerns, may have worries, may have something that's new that they're not sure about, who are not in a open access follow up service type of system, who are currently being followed up in the traditional way? Can you give some advice as to what they should do?
1: (laughs) Yes, so if they have a, a new symptom or, uh, you know, for instance, a change in their breast or um, they're not feeling well and they can't explain why and the, the symptoms aren't, you know, getting any better, they're persisting or worsening or they're struggling with how they're feeling, anything at all, then I'd really encourage them to contact their breast care nurses. And if they're not sure what their number is or they don't have it, then contact the breast unit reception who can put them through to their breast care nurses, who can help support them and, and again, navigate where their care needs to go if, if they need to be seen by a clinician. Um, but what I would say is don't wait. Don't wait another 10 months for that follow-up appointment, which a lot of people will do. Right. Um, please don't wait because, you know, there are uh, nurses and doctors available to help you. Um, and answer any questions or concerns that you might have so I just encourage them to pick up the phone and contact them
0: yeah and thank you for that that's really really good advice so um, Kiva this has been a really um, interesting and fascinating and great <laughs> conversation um, I hope I hope those who are listening uh, can derive value from this and you um, You know, I think the service that you provide with uh, together with your colleague is um, invaluable, really. And I'm so happy that um, our hospital have this for our patients because, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: um, our patients, you know, can only benefit from this service. So, yeah, thank you so much for for your time. And do you have any parting words before we go? Um,
1: Just thank you very much for having me and just to, you know, uh, reassure all all the people out there if they're about to be seen in their new open access follow up service and they're feeling anxious or worried about that, this new type of follow up or even if they just, you know, they want to contact someone about a concern, just get in touch and, and have a chat with someone about it. And, you know, just to reassure everybody that myself and my colleague, we really enjoy what we do. Um we really uh enjoy the service and, and the patients that we look after and um get a lot of job satisfaction from what we do. Yeah, no, I
0: bet. Yeah, because it's a fantastic service. So thank you for, it's a lovely for service. Yeah. Thank you for you know providing that service to our patients. Thank you again for your time today. And um yeah, I'll thank catch you. up with you very soon. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Giva. Take care. All right,
1: bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thank you, Kiva, once again for your time and your expertise, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to check out the show notes, you can go to www.mybreastmyhealth.com forward slash episode thirty seven, and I will also leave a few important um, articles that have looked at the you know different kinds of um, follow ups and um, all the uh, literature reviews, and um, you might find them interesting as well to read. So I will leave them in the show notes. And if you have been enjoying um, the other episodes in this podcast, then I would be very grateful if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It'll take you, I don't know, 30 seconds maybe, and it will mean a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Uh, I'd be really grateful. And by doing that, it will help um, increase the exposure of the show so that more people can hopefully discover it and benefit from it. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Take care.